0: What is going on, Trash Talkers? We are back with another episode for you. Today, we start off by talking about Justin Gaethje taking over for Khabib at UFC 249 to fight Tony Ferguson and how that will impact viewership. Next, we react to the NFL All-Decade team selections and give you our biggest snubs from the list. Then we break down MLB's proposal of having all games played in Arizona under martial law as they seek approval from the CDC finally we react to the tampa bay buccaneers brand new jersey colors and combinations for the 2020 season and beyond all that and much more coming your way right now
1: What's going on, everybody? I hope you're enjoying your uh, your quarantine period. I hope everything's going okay for everybody. Uh, it hasn't been too busy as of late in in the sports world, but we have gotten some news today out of the UFC. Uh, it, it came out that Khabib was not going to be out uh, let out of Russia. It, there were talks that maybe uh, he would be the exception to to come to the U.S. or to another uh, undisclosed location to go fight Tony Ferguson on April 18th. Um, but Dana White made it very clear that that was not true. And then right away, he was able to go get Justin Gaethje to sign on and fight Tony Ferguson for the interim uh, championship. And this, this is, this brought the uh, UFC two forty nine uh main event card right back into play. It kind of fell off there for a second without Khabib being there, but now having uh, Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje makes it very interesting, and he just keeps piling on the names with other superstars as well. So this is really turning out to be in, being an event. And now we learned as a couple hours ago that this is going to be taking place at an undisclosed place on the West Coast. It hasn't been finalized, but Dana has assured us that it will be finalized within the next few days. So Mike, you know what do you think? About everything that's going on in UFC, do you? How do you feel about this Justin Gaethje Tony Ferguson fight? Are you excited for it?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, let's just right off the bat, Dana White going after. Um the ESPN reporter who tweeted that Khabib was back in on the card. As soon as that tweet went out, he was very quick to jump on it and say, absolutely not. And put down that rumor right away, which is good for him. You know what? That that's his personality. That's his style. Um, Everything is done with a flash and a bang. And he definitely made that happen. Um, Yeah. I mean, it, well, it, it's interesting because
1: Ariel Hawani is usually pretty spot on with his his sources. So I wonder where he f- found out that Khabib might be let out of Russia to come to the U.S. or, or another location, where, where that was coming from. And then Dana was really quick about it just to shoot it down. So that was, that was really interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, if, if I'm Ariel Helwani, what he probably heard was that Russia was going to allow Khabib out of the country to fight. Um, but because of everything that's gone on, all the planning that it's taken on the part of the UFC to, to kind of get this thing going and, you know, to move on without Khabib, they had to schedule somebody else in the interim. That's where you got Justin Gaethje from. So, uh, at that point you can't go back on it and you say, you know what, as Dana White said, he, you know, it, he's not on the card anymore. That's pretty much it. So, uh, you know the the report was that he would have been let out of Russia, uh, but you know it as it stands, Dana White wasn't having him on the card. So definitely interesting from that standpoint. Uh, uh but for Justin Gaethje to take over for Khabib, um, this is going to be one of the most anticipated fights. Um, you know, obviously everybody was looking forward to uh, Ferguson Khabib with that not happening, I think this is the absolute best alternative to that fight. And I don't think we could have asked for something better to happen in the, in the small amount of time that Dana White had to get something put together. And you're talking about uh, a time when there's no sports happening, when sports fans are literally in the fetal position in the corner of a bedroom, uh, sucking on their thumbs because they need something, anything. And the news that Khabib wasn't going to be able to fight just just drove that home even harder. And, uh, you know, for Dana White to go through all this and, and to get this done uh, really shows that the UFC is trying to give the fans what they want, but also capitalize on the fact that they are going to be the only true sport that is still taking place during this time.
1: Yeah. And as you mentioned, this isn't Khabib, but Justin Gaethje almost a year ago fought Khabib and almost beat him. This, the, that was probably the closest Khabib ever came to losing in the UFC. And, and that w- that was pretty surprising. So Justin Gaethje isn't some nobody. He is a, a really strong fighter. He's a really strong grappler. He's going to, you know, he just tweeted out that he's going to make 18 to 19 minutes of Tony Ferguson's life hell. And so the feud is starting. They're f- hyping themselves up. They're going to go to war with each other. They're going to make it as good as they can. Because this is perfect opportunity for both of them to boost their careers even more than they already have. And so this is just going to be really exciting. We see other names on here like Calvin Cater, uh, Francis Ngannou that they brought over who were supposed to be on fight nights that didn't take place. So now this, this card is just really stacked. And, and we still have Jessica on, uh, Andrade versus Yama Yunus for the second time. So this card is truly stacked. It's absolutely insane. It should be so much fun. It's everything we could have hoped for and more. It's going to be awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, for me, as a, you know, I, I'm i a, a surface UFC fan. I know the big names. I like the big names. Um, other than that, I'm not, I'm not too... Uh, deep into the UFC, but I I like to watch it. Even if I don't know who they are, I, I love watching UFC. I'm looking forward to Greg Hardy's fight. He's still scheduled to fight on this card, and I'm very excited. Um, he's 5-2 and two right now in the UFC. I think that he's got a lot to prove, um, and obviously he brings great name value coming over from the NFL. I, I think this is, uh, is going to be a good fight for him to get a lot of recognition in the world of UFC outside of football.
1: Oh yeah, and it's not even—he's five and two, but one of those be, came from uh, disqualification because you know, he hit somebody while they were on all fours, and, and so th- I believe th- that he was hit him in him the back being, of the head too, right? You know, I think, yeah, that—that yeah. that was just from him being super inexperienced, not knowing the rules. He—he's just a pure athlete. He came into this with a couple months of training. It, he's not like a normal fighter where they fought in other. Uh, other mixed martial arts before coming into the UFC. He was a big name coming from a different type of sport and then just, you know, wrecking mayhem on other uh, fighters. And, and he was doing a great job. You know, he, he's a very lean, muscular heavyweight. And, and so that's, that's not something you usually find. And so when he's, he has the stamina to keep up with, uh, with most of these guys right out of the gate, he, he, he's had the conditioning all of his life. So that, that has never been a factor. And he's putting all of his athleticism to use. So Greg Hardy, if he can really hone in on his, his MMA skills, be, he can become a very strong heavyweight fighter.
0: No, I absolutely agree. Um there I mean there's so much going around for this. And obviously there were there were a few fights that were canceled on this card, but um one thing I wanted to point out and I don't know if it it was a joke or if it's a a serious thing, but uh Dana White saying that he was going to buy an island uh to host all of these uh UFC events. Um, definitely caught my eye. I mean, if if it were true, right? If that's something that he's actually considering and might do for the UFC, I think that would be absolutely incredible. Um, well, I mean, it seems like it's almost a done deal at this point. The way he's talking, he seems
1: very adamant about it, and this is what's gonna, you know, allow other international fighters because they're not allowed to come to the U.S. now. So it's gonna allow them to come to
0: this private island and fight. Uh, and and he wants to f- host fights here every week.
1: Yeah, so well, it th- would depend
0: that's... on who, uh, which country takes claim to the island. But yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, with with the with everything that's going on, the UFC is doing everything in its power to basically circumvent the rules and and still put the show on. Um, you know, the yeah, show I mean, must go well, on. <laughs> <laughs> I. But this is one part of the reason I believe Dana White is the best owner
1: of a sport or, you know, commissioner Commissioner, of a sport, if you will, you know, he, he is willing to do anything it takes. He's willing to spend as much as it takes to put on a show. He is not willing to go any longer without his favorite sport. And so having that, you know, that type of a commissioner behind something like this, that, that's all you want, you know, as a fan, you, you want them to be as invested as you are because, you know, he, he did this because he was a fan of fighting. that That's where this all started, and he's continuing that. He has not lost that. This might, you know, be a business to him some, but at, I think first and foremost, he, he wants – he's always, you know, putting the best cards together because he wants to see them himself. He, he's always looking at the fan aspect 100%. I, uh,
0: I, I think he's a fan before he is – a um, businessman, yeah, or absolutely. a commissioner. I think. I think oh, cool, he says yeah. to himself, "What are the fights that I would want to see as a fan?" And that's the fights that we end up getting. I mean, you look at all of these cards. Even if you're not, again, if if you're a fan like me and you only know big names, I've watched plenty of cards where I didn't know a single person that was fighting, and I still was more than satisfied with the with the product that I was given. So oh, they're yeah. they're I doing mean, a great job over there.
1: Yeah, he knows everything about everybody who's in the UFC. He handpicks them all the time. He, you know, he, he, everything is done for a reason in the UFC, and he, he knows exactly how to promote a card, exactly who to put on there, who's going to thrive against who, who's going to get the best out of each other. He, he is the perfect man for the job.
0: I absolutely agree, and we'll we'll get into a little bit later uh, some some people who might not be right for the job in, in in their sport, and we'll get we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, I, I want to kind of switch gears here a little bit. Um, you know, one bit of uh, you know sporting news that we got this this past weekend was uh, the NFL uh, sorry NFL All Decade Team came out um and they there were a lot of picks on there that you know brought me through the days of you know watching some of these great talents as they you know missing people like calvin johnson who cut his career short and um you know there there are plenty of names out there but i want to get your pick who do you think was the biggest snub uh on this list
1: well, I mean, as I worked my way down the list, it seemed like everything was pretty much in order. I didn't really have a big issue with most people, but one name in particular I had a pretty big issue with was Cam Chancellor. Cam Chancellor is regarded as one of the fiercest safeties to ever play the game. He was feared by so many people. Six foot four frame, 240 pounds. This man would just, just, Completely destroy you, run you over. He had no regard for life, and he he played every single down like that. He wasn't that big with interceptions, but he was great at down in the box. He was a super hard-hitting safety. It's it's a type of safety you really don't see these days. He's he's not your pure you know athletic. Type of safety or uh, he's your Ronnie player. Lott, Troy Polamalu type. Oh, exactly. Yeah, that, that's all, that's his style, and and that's you know the the NFL's become soft in that regard, and he kind of got phased out with that. And I think that's why a lot of people don't look at him in the same light because yeah, he doesn't have all of the interceptions. Yeah, he's had decent interceptions, you know, in some of his uh years. He also had a short career, so that also is working against him. But you have other guys like. Eric Weddle and Eric Berry and you know uh Tyron Matthew these guys they they have you know decent numbers but I just don't think it's it's more than just numbers when it comes to the all decade team. It you have to talk about the the presence that people brought on the field. What he added. He was part of the Legion of Boom. He is was huge in that identity. Without him it wasn't the same. Once he left it wasn't the same and, and and it hasn't been the same. So I just don't know how you can just completely disregard somebody like Can Chancellor and say that he is not worthy of being on this list when other people, like I've mentioned, are, are, were selected for this. It just, you, you can't, you can't misrepresent
0: how much he impacted the game with pure presence. So you named a few players that were, that were named to the all decade team. Uh, who do you think you would have taken off to put Cam Chancellor on there?
1: Oh, uh, first and foremost, Tyron Matthew. I don't think he's done enough. He had a couple great years in uh, in Carol uh, with a- the Arizona, Arizona. Cardinals yeah. when but when he was behind Patrick Peterson of all people, you know. And then he went to the Texans, had a bad year. This year he had a pretty decent year with the Chiefs, but you know he he hasn't had that long of a career in the NFL. Cam Chancellor played from twenty ten to twenty seventeen, so majority of the twenty tens. I, I I just don't the numbers don't represent. When you think Tyron Matthew, you used to think that he he was this this great player, and now his name recognition really isn't there anymore. He he's just an average safety at this point in his career, and he he's been in the league what five years, six years at most. So it's just Cam Chancellor would have been such a better pick for this all-decade team than Tyrone Matthew?
0: Yeah, I mean, I looked at this team, and I, I had a few qualms. Uh, I wasn't totally thrilled with the defensive tackle class, um, Geno Atkins, Fletcher Cox, Aaron Donald, and Ndamukong Su. Uh Ndamukong Su and Aaron Donald, I absolutely agree with, uh, but Geno Atkins and Fletcher Cox, I, I, I feel like I could have fi- found – um, replacements for both of them, but they didn't bug me as much as this, the, the next, uh, fuck. (laughs) I hate this so much. What? (laughs) I can't think right now. Um, they didn't bug me as much as the, next group of players did, and it's the same group that you just brought up, the safeties and defensive backs. How on earth can you leave out Devin McCordy, who has won three Super Bowls in the 2010s and was the defensive captain for one of the best defenses that we've seen throughout the decade? I just can't imagine... Where the Patriots would have been without Devin McCourty, and you can you can call me a homer all you want, but the the fact of the matter is that Devin McCourty's presence on the Patriots was much bigger than that of Eric Berry or even Eric Weddle. I mean, Eric Weddle split his time between San Diego and uh, the San Diego. the The Ravens and Los and Los Angeles. So he he was in three different spots. I mean, there's a reason he kept switching teams. Devin McCourty has been in on, in one team. He's been part of one secondary and he's gone through multiple different coaches and he is still the defensive captain. He's voted on every single year. Uh, His numbers speak for himself. I I just think Devin McCourty is by far and away, one of the best safeties in this game. And he's constantly overlooked. Uh, for for different awards and accolades and, and recognition, but specifically on this list, I was very upset with with that.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, as I mentioned, Cam has the the presence factor. Devin McCourty is one of the best leaders in the NFL, bar none. You know, he motivates people like nobody else. He, Without him on, on the Patriots, there's a chance they don't go to, you know, two of these Super Bowls. They don't win in that Falcons game. He has such a presence. He knows how to get people going. He's developed the other safeties on this team because he is one of the oldest players on there. He's developed them into the players they are. He's taught everybody else how to how to work within this defense, how everything gels together. And without that, the Patriots aren't the Patriots. Yeah. You, you, I mean, you can't you, just put that
0: aside and, and and just look at numbers. It's it's not black and white. Uh, I mean, going back, you can talk to, you know, whoever Darrell Revis who was on the Patriots you can talk to uh Stefan Gilmore you can talk to any defensive back that has been a part of the Patriots they will tell you from day 1 working in that building working in that defensive backfield Devin McCourty is the guy that has gotten them e- wherever they wherever they went wherever that defense led them it was because of devin mccourty and his I, a lot of people will take uh take away from him the fact that he started out as a corner and then moved to safety i i think that shows how uh his ability to adapt not only was uh you know helped him but helped the team and he put the team in front of his own personal uh wants and needs right so you see a lot of these players who come out of the draft and they, they don't want to be in a specific position Devin McCordy said I'm gonna be a corner then that didn't work out and instead of fighting with Bill Belichick and and the defensive system he, they said listen we think you'd be make a really great safety he was like let's do it let's try it out as a first round pick he could have said no and they would have let him go and he could have tried to be a corner somewhere else but I I, I just think that taking him off this list shows, uh, just a, a lack of knowledge and, um, a lack of paying attention to what really matters for some of these players. Anyway, we've gotten completely, uh, awry. Um, I think that's enough for the all NFA, NFL all decade team. Um, okay. I think we've gotten a little far off track, but, uh, I,
1: you, you get the point, you know, these Devin McCordy, Cam Chancellor, I think they they definitely earned their spot onto this team, whereas others probably should have been left off. Um, But in other news, the MLB has now been looking at Arizona, specifically Phoenix, to be a place to hold all of the games for the rest of the season, where uh, everybody will stay in one area, no one's allowed in or out, and they'll be able to just focus on baseball. Kind of like Cooperstown or the Little League World Series, where... Everything's held in one area. You'll have about five or six uh, fields, and everybody there's going to be games continuously going throughout the day. And Mike, do you think this is a viable option for the MLB to hold all these games in one area
0: like this? No, I think this is stupid, and I'm going to tell you why. So per ESPN, the league is planning. Uh, they would dictate all thir- uh, all 30 teams play games at stadiums with no fans in the greater Phoenix area, including the diamondbacks chase field. Uh, They have 10 spring training facilities and other fields that they could possibly use players, coaching staffs and other essential personnel would be sequestered at local hotels where they would live in isolation and travel only to and from the stadium. Uh, They wouldn't, they'd basically be martial lawed into the hotel and only be allowed to go to work and back. Uh, federal officials at the centers uh, uh, at the uh, CDC and Prevention, as well as the uh, National Institute of Health, have been supportive of a plan that would adhere to strict isolation, promote social distancing, and allow Major League Baseball to become the first professional sport to return. Um, part of this plan is also to have players and coaches. Instead of sitting in the dugout, they would sit in the first row of the stands or the first couple rows of the stands so they could sit six feet apart from each other. I think this is absolutely atrocious, and this would look absolutely terrible. As much as I want sports back and as much as I would love to see uh, baseball being played, I do not want to see a Red Sox home game in Phoenix, Arizona. I do not want to see players having to sit in the stands because they can't be six feet or uh, closer to one another. Um, And part of this was to have a a robot umpire, um, which they did in the minor leagues last year. They would have a a robot umpire calling balls and strikes behind the plate, and then they would have the uh, field umpires. That way you reduce the amount of people that are so closely quartered uh, behind the plate. I, I just think this whole thing is stupid. And yeah, no, it doesn't. It doesn't make much sense at all, and I don't see
1: how this would ever work out. You know, the thing is. Once they're in this area, why does it matter that they have to be six feet apart? Once you're once you've been deemed to be negative for COVID nineteen, what does it matter? If Especially you're negative, if you're, you're negative, se- And you're being you're, sequestered, right? So exactly you're being you're put completely in the hotel. isolated. You're completely isolated from the outside. So you cannot go contract it from the wall or from the flower in the corner what like I don't understand what they think is going to happen it's not going to just develop out of nowhere that's not how this works we know that much so I I don't understand that part of it now I don't mind them holding you know a few games or even making it training camp in in Arizona but I don't think it's a viable option what happens if this thing goes if COVID-19 were to end in September right and we're forty games into the season. What happens at that point? Are you going to send everybody home and then have them start traveling around? They're just—you can't just do that to somebody. Their body isn't ready for that. It—it it takes some time. You're going to completely impact people. That's just not how things work. So, are you if everybody's if so? If this thing were to end, are you going to make them stay in Arizona? Is it just going to stay there no matter what? There, there's just too many things too many possibilities of what could happen this is i think this is just a shot in the dark i don't know where they're coming out with this from or you know why this idea has surfaced to the public but it, it's really not a good one they need to go back to the drawing board it, this is what the third fourth time they've tried to figure something out nothing's nothing makes sense nothing's worked maybe they should start accepting help from the the outside from the public
0: i mean yeah i mean that there've been so many different uh Plans that fans have come up with and tried to submit to Major League Baseball and and the NBA and the NHL, um, you know, Well, yeah, I
1: mean, we had Ryan on last week who who gave us two different
0: scenarios about how we could continue with baseball. Absolutely. Those were those are better, a lot better options than <laughs> what they're proposing here. I mean, just to continue, I mean, no mound visits from catchers or coaches. Implementing seven inning double headers to possibly catch up on missed games and achieve 162 game regular season. Increased use of on field microphones worn by players for TV broadcasts. I mean, they are trying so hard to get 162 games in in yeah. in the even shorter span that we currently have i just <laughs> i understand that the that the players you know these teams want their their players to work for the the year of eligibility that they have on their on their contracts and i understand what where they're coming from but nobody can dictate what happens with everything that's going on in the world some things are just bigger than sports and we all have to realize that it may suck during this time but we're going to appreciate sports much more when they come back and they're done the right way rushing something back to to come back to come back too early and to do it the wrong way it's just a it's not going to look right and b you're going to push a lot of people away
1: i've heard other options about possibly reducing a game from nine innings to seven innings or you know as we talked about last week reducing the number of games in in general of the season those seem like better options but right now i think we're just better off waiting this out just or or just if it comes to it possibly canceling the season and just restarting next year. I don't think there's really any harm besides the fans losing out on sports. That were the fans are the the biggest impact to everything that's going on because they they don't get to watch anything. The players are, you know, still going to be in the MLB next year. They're still going to get the ability to play. They're getting a full year of eligibility. You know, they're they're getting credited for the season. So there's really no impact to the players. The owners are still rich, making money, so they're they're not going to really suffer too much. If we're willing to take on the the impact here, take the blow, then maybe maybe we should cancel the season. And you know, I mean,
0: at what point do we cancel the season? Um, that's a good question. Honestly. I I don't believe that I'm the right person to make that call. I I don't think I can truly think about that. I mean, if – because the only reason I say that is because if there's a good idea that comes into play and says, like, hey, this there's a good tournament style that we can uh, play this year, um, instead of for for the World Series title, you play for, you know, this other championship that, you know, in a tournament style bracket type setting – Um, so I don't know if you fully cancel the season. Um, I, again, I think it all depends on what timing looks like and where we are. I mean, what if you can get half the season in by the time this is all finished? Is that still a viable option? I think it is. I I'd much rather see 81 games than zero games. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I got a report today that,
1: you know, in the state of Connecticut, that some parts are going to see the peak in a couple weeks. Some are going to see the peak in a couple months. Others aren't going to see it for the foreseeable future. So they are now planning for this thing, for COVID-19, to now go on for many, many more months. There is no end in sight. If we get to a point where we're missing three-fourths of the season and nothing has happened, I think at that point you should start considering canceling the season. If If you can get half the season in... That's great. I think that'd be perfect. But if you can if it's any less than or it you know much less than that, I think you should just, you know, cut your losses a, and restart. Yeah, yeah. I I don't okay. I don't know what what else to, what else to do at that at that point. You I guess you could do a March Madness style where it's kind of like a 1-2 month uh situation and just do a tournament that way.
0: Well, I was thinking, but, you know, even if you said, you know, cuz there's There's 30 teams in the NFL, uh, sorry, in the uh, MLB. So if you take the AL and the NL and you split them from their rankings from last year, one through 15 on each side, and play a three-game series per Per uh, bracket, and then you bring it all the way up until again, you're not playing for a World Series title, but a we get sports B, you know, you're utilizing the small amount of time that you have available because at some point we have to get back to how things were. And if say this thing ends in September or even October, right at that point. Baseball's pretty much over. It's football season. I'm not going to watch baseball during football season, and only I would tell you right now, most people are going to watch football over baseball, even if it is you know what, you know part of their their uh, their bracket style system. So I mean three quarters of the season or, or less, I, I can understand canceling, but I, I again, I think it's really just a feel it out type of situation. I don't, I don't really have a full answer.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's still plenty of time to figure this thing out, but I think we need to start exploring more options, you know, and start branching out of where you're you're getting your ideas from. Don't think internally. Get external help. There's no,
0: you know, no one's criticizing you for asking for help. We want to help. So take it. Even if they created some sort of competition amongst fans and said, you know, let's get the best, uh, you know, let's get the best of what the fans have to say. Let's, you know... We'll go through it. We'll give you the top 10 ideas. Whoever's idea gets voted on wins $100,000 or and, you know, a signed jersey by the whole team of their favorite team or something like that. Like, why couldn't the MLB do something simple like that? You're getting so – you'd get an influx of ideas and you would have, as, like, as much time as you need to, to go through and comb through all of this. I, th- I think there's so many different things that they could do. Um, and like you said, Ryan last week gave us two uh, viable options that they, they could run with, and I just don't think that... Um, I think they're better than anything that we've heard the internal discussions come up with.
1: Yeah. Now, I mean, some ideas that have worked out as of recent were the ideas to create a new Buccaneers jersey. And today, we got to look at new the new... Buccaneers jerseys for the you know foreseeable future that now Tom Brady will be uh, wearing uh, every Sunday, Sunday which is uh, <laughs> it's <Sunday>. a very <laughs> very weird thing to say but uh, you know how do
0: you feel about these new buccaneers jerseys I think they are fire except the all white jerseys i do not like all white oh, come I, that's on. it's just a oh, personal preference it's no, just a personal no, preference no no, no. Oh, i do not like all white i love all white i like every... all white if it's clean i don't think these ones are clean i don't think because there's just You're, no uh, okay i i'll agree with that they're not as clean as like the Northern saints color rush which are all like all white with the the gold trim. Those are nice. Right. The Um, the white out type style. If they did something like that with a, with a red trim, I would have been in on that, but because it's not that clean, I just can't get on board with the white ones, but the, the all pewter ones and those red jerseys with the pewter pants, those are sick oh. and I'm probably gonna have to get myself oh, I, oh, two yeah. jerseys.
1: I, I've been thinking that myself <laughs> and I, I I've been scared to say it out loud because it's it's I so might not weird. get a
0: Brady jersey, but I'll definitely uh, get a jersey yeah. for sure.
1: Yeah, Godwin, Evans, David or uh, you know, Devin Bush, uh, I mean Devin White. Uh, you know, there's there's so many different directions. Um, but it's you've you've got a new quarterback in there, Tom Brady. You've got new jerseys. The Super Bowl is playing played in Tampa Bay this year. Like what else Hopefully. is going gr- like? Everything's going great in Tampa Bay right now. I uh, they really can't ask for much more. Honestly, it's just everything is working out way too well for them. Honestly, I, I hope I hope it continues because the Buccaneers. They're building something special. They've got a great coaching staff. They've got great players. I I would love to see them really go far and and to do it in those threads would be just awesome to watch.
0: Could you imagine the all pewter in the Super Bowl? Oh, that would be... oh so amazing super bowl the super bowl patch on an all pewter jersey with those sleek helmets that they also came out with and then just imagine somebody like Levante David with a with a dark mask on their on their as a visor on their helmets oh my god it's going to be sick i might it's have to get myself a helmet sick.
1: too <laughs> <laughs> no but i think a lot of other teams need to start taking notice from this everybody is in love with what's going on and i think it's time for other teams To start looking at this design and then figuring out how they can do something kind of similar that will get their fans more involved and more excited about what's going on. Because sometimes it is the aesthetics that gets people more involved. And you have to take that into account.
0: I agree. But then you also end up with... Uh, Issues like the Los Angeles Rams who don't know what a Ram looks like, apparently. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and they're not going back on their design. (laughs) I mean, the the, the horn... When I first saw it, I gotta tell you, I thought it was the Chargers that redid it. I was like, all right, I mean, it's decent for the Chargers. And then somebody pointed out to me, it was like, that's the Rams. And I was like, that's terrible for the Rams.
1: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. (laughs) It's just
0: one of those things to me that it's just like... If you're going to do it, you have to you have to be able to take criticism and go back to the drawing board if it's not liked. Because you're like the whole point of this is to sell jerseys and to and to sell your brand. And if people don't like your brand, they're not buying your brand. And and that's where like you can't let your your feelings and emotions get in the way of that.
1: No, I I really can't tell a lie. I the more I see the Rams New logo. It's, it. kind of gro- it's kind of growing it. it's kind it. of growing on me it's kind of growing on me I'm not done. fully there but I don't cringe every time I see it now so I think by the time the season rolls around um you know and, and now we just learned that it, we're gonna have uh, the Rams and chargers on hard knocks so we're gonna see that logo even more so um, I'm gonna put a, f-
0: so, so uh, gonna put a <laughs> damn shoe through my TV. <laughs>
1: so i i think the more i see it the more it'll just grow on me and i'll accept it for what it is i don't know if i'm not i don't think i'll ever you know fall
0: in love with the design but i think i could get on board eventually one of my favorite players aaron donald is being subjected to wearing this (laughs) god awful freaking like okay so for those of you who don't know uh I went to high school and our mascot was the Rams. I think our logo and our helmet design was so much better than what the uh, Los well, Angeles Rams more, have. It was more fitting. Maybe this is just a more modern approach that they're trying to take. They just need to put the damn <laughs> ram horns on the helmets and call it a day. Because I think that what that lightning bolt, I think, is supposed to be a ram horn. <laughs> <laughs> I, I i mean honestly if i'm aaron donald and i get my brand new jersey i'm gonna walk across the stadium and be like here derwin james i think i have your jersey <laughs> it's yeah. just, i i hate it but so just to get back to your point the buccaneers fire the rams terrible <laughs> if you can meet somewhere in the middle i think you're gonna do just fine yeah
1: but i think everybody needs to, everybody who's anticipating creating a new jersey take the bucks as the prime example don't look at the chargers
0: in fact the, the it's the it's almost like oh, i'm see? sorry wow the see? rams see <laughs> it's a lightning bolt and i knew
1: it <laughs> you know the the bucks they went they went kind of old school a little bit they went back to their old design, previous to the to the last design, uh, but that they kind of just they modified it in a way that it is modern. It's the same, but it's modernized. And I think that's what needs to. That's what teams need to do: stick with what you have, but modernize it. Add some more details here. You know, just do stuff to make it more sleek. To make it a. You know, a 21st century jersey. We're 20 years into the century; it's time to you know have your jerseys
0: catch up. Did you hear that, New England? Update <laughs> your goddamn jerseys. Well, update please the helmet, thank you. please. At least do that. You know? Just the whole damn thing. Please and thank you. I'm, I'm t- like even the Jets jerseys from last year were were fire i love the new green i love the all black with the green outline that was incredible great job by, they they, by did, the they actually did a good job I, I
1: i can't lie about that either you know all these teams are are, are making moves
0: in uh other ways than uh with players another team um, <laughs> just so, just before we finish another team that needs to update their damn jerseys the new york giants that i mean oh, yeah. i have seen the same damn giants jerseys from when i went as a little kid. Um, going to see jason seahorn uh you know (laughs) on the defense over there i I just the giants need need an upgrade fast i understand that a lot of their uh fan base comes from the old school giants days it's time for an update lawrence taylor still has the same jersey that everybody that saquon barkley is wearing it's just (laughs) uh, it's time yeah yeah it is time all right, I think on
1: that note, I think we can uh, safely end it there. Uh, let us know you know, what you think about the new Buccaneers jerseys. Who do you think is gonna win the Tony Ferguson, Justin Gaethje fight? Who do you think got snubbed from the All Decades team? And, uh, you know, again, we ask you, what are your thoughts on the MLB? Keep adding the MLB to get them to make some changes. You know, follow our Twitter page. We're about to go live with our website. So stay tuned for that. You know, keep looking out. And, uh, you know, we'll talk to you next week. So see you later, guys.